You're listening to episode 15 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hi there. Thanks for coming by the Room to Grow podcast. There is such an awesome guest today. I have Rachel Devine of Our Divine Organic Skincare, and she's actually local to me in Hamilton, Ontario, but I came across her products quite randomly, totally fell in love with them. And then I I posted about them online and she actually ended up reaching out to me just to say hi. And we started up a friendship and I just adore her. She's just the most gentle, beautiful soul. I think you're absolutely going to love her. She is the creator of an all natural skincare line that ships across North America. And the, the entire line has won multiple awards, both locally and nationally. Uh, So Rachel actually started as an esthetician and she didn't want to use the conventional products that seemed to be the only ones available at the time to use for both herself and for her clients. So she created this uh, incredible skincare line using a totally holistic approach and she also offers spa services in person as well as crafting these amazing products that are my personal favorite. So I'm also listing all of uh, the products that I use personally in the show notes over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. So you can go and check that out there if you want to take a quick peek. And generally, Rachel just focuses both on internal and external health, as well as mindfulness and just really making self-care the most natural part of your day, which I just think is so incredibly beautiful. And I think that you are going to get so much out of this interview. Rachel shares so much great wisdom. So let's get going. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and it's so funny. I honestly don't, oh, I remember how I came across your products. I went for uh, a float I, with the, the big, for anyone who doesn't know what a float is, it's like the, the big Epsom salt pools. And I went for one of those at a local place and they had your products. And I was like, oh, this stuff is incredible. So I looked you up because I, I saw that it was, that it was made locally. And uh, I tried your, your sample pack. Um, and you do like all oil cleansing and stuff. Everything is natural, organic. Like, we'll we'll get into all of this. But I was just so impressed by it. And then you ended up reaching out to me and uh, told me to come over and actually meet you in person. So that was an extra treat. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. What kind of made you go into this field in general? And, and what actually triggered you to branch out with your own skincare line? Because originally you started as an, an esthetician, correct? Yeah, so I still am um, a practicing uh, esthetician. So I've, I've been an esthetician since 2003. Um, I graduated from Mohawk College and worked doing services for several years. Um, I have worked with so many different skincare lines, mostly conventional. So most aesthetics courses nowadays are taught conventionally. Uh, so treating the skin pretty much with chemicals and unnatural products. Uh, So if you think of like oily skin, for example, the beauty industry kind of brainwashes everybody into thinking that oil's bad. So I was taught that for oily skin, you have to soak up the oils in the skin, kind of get rid of that excess oil, and then the skin would clear up. And I was treating people's skin like that 
for years with little results. Um, their skin would clear up for, at first, and then three months later, they'd be back on my facial bed wanting a facial because their skin was broken out. And as an esthetician, that was frustrating for me because I was treating their skin exactly as how I was, as I was taught in school, but then the results weren't always there. So I, it was just after my second child was born that I started following a page on Facebook. Um, I can't even remember what the page was, but it was a holistic esthetician and she was posting a lot about different ingredients, mostly chemical ingredients and the ingredients that you should avoid. And I was never really aware of that. So I knew a lot of the natural ingredients that would go into products and I always kind of worked from that natural perspective within the spa industry, but preservatives and all of that, I didn't know too much about at the time. And I always thought that a lot of the synthetics that went into products were there because they were necessary. And as this Facebook page was posting all these different ingredients, I was learning that a lot of the ingredients that were in the products that I was using at the time were carcinogens and uh, potential um, hormone disruptors. And some of those products or some of those same ingredients were even in the products that I was using on my children. And that really freaked me out. So I started researching a lot more into it, um, and then I kind of became obsessed. I think I was driving my husband crazy for a little while, um, mm -hmm. but I ended up taking a holistic skincare course and learned to treat the skin holistically, which is an entirely different approach to what the beauty industry teaches you on what you should do with your skin. Um, feeding the skin with with the nutrients and vitamins that it needs in order to actually function on its own rather than forcing the skin to function in any way because um, a lot of what goes on to the skin gets absorbed into the body so you kind of have to look at the skin from both perspectives of of uh, taking care of it internally and externally for so, sure and i mean skin is the largest organ too so that's that's sort of the thing that people forget is that that's something that we we need to sort of take extra care of and often it's kind of the last one to uh to to be taken care of <laughs> yeah i think just because it's our our external organ a lot of people forget that it's an organ um and when there's inflammation on the skin so you know rosacea or acne or anything like that it's really important to think of it at that point as being an organ because if our liver is inflamed we're going to do something about it. But a lot of people think, oh, my skin's inflamed. You know, I'm just going to put some chemicals on there and hopefully it will all go away. But it doesn't work like that. So I, I ended up going uh, back to school, took some holistic courses because I wanted to treat the skin uh, more naturally and have long-term results for my clients as well. And started searching around for a skincare line that I could carry within my spa. And I was having a lot of trouble finding one within Canada. So since I launched my skincare line, there's been a lot of natural skincare lines popping up. Um, but at the time, I couldn't find a skincare line within Canada that was all natural that catered to the spa industry. So I found some really good products, but they didn't have that full range of products that estheticians need to perform facials. Um, and there's quite a few in the States too, but unfortunately at the time with the exchange rate, which is still a little bit outrageous. Um, it just really wasn't worth bringing up a skincare line from the States because a lot of them were just so expensive that by the time you factor in the exchange rate, um, it was just not cost effective for my business. So after a while, uh, it was my husband who was kind of joking around. He wasn't being serious, but he's like, you know, you've done enough. 
research that you could probably just create your own skincare line at this point. And I was like, yeah, you know, I probably could. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love when a plan comes together like this so randomly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started playing around with different uh, formulations and I had been doing that for a while anyways. Um, I remember back in high school, like I used to mix up my own body scrubs and I used to use natural ingredients on myself and make up my own hair masks and everything. So I've kind of always been interested in that. So because of that, I knew a lot about ingredients, but started playing around with some formulations and the formulations were good, but I wasn't completely confident in them. And then I was also just a little nervous about shelf life because of all the research that I was doing and some of the information that I was taught in the holistic aesthetics course. Um, I, I was pretty confident, but I still wasn't 100% sure. So I ended up taking an online course over in the UK, which was on organic skincare formulations. And from that um, course, I learned a lot more about some other ingredients that I hadn't discovered. Um, I learned about laboratory setup and you know how to sterilize bottles properly and uh, natural preservation and everything like that. So that course really took my skincare formulations that I had already been playing with from being you know kind of mediocre to professional quality. Oh, that's awesome! And you're you're actually a multiple award winner both locally and nationally, which really speaks to the quality of, of your products. I have a, I have a confession here too, <laughs> is that I, for several years, uh, when I sort of became much more interested in, in holistic health years ago and stuff as well, I didn't like that I was using products in my face that were really drying it out. We're talking just like normal, you know, conventional drugstore type brands. And I switched to uh, apple cider vinegar with water. <laughs> and I literally, Rachel, I could do not, I, I did that for like three years. Now the good part was that it, it made my skin not nearly as dry. So I used to have like a really dry chin and, and stuff like that, but then I would have an oily T-zone, which I, I think is, is, I've heard from several women that they have that type of issue, but we're going to get into like different, uh, different type, skin types and stuff as well. But um, so it cleared that up and it was, it was fine. But in the last year or two, I was like, okay, this is a little ridiculous. I'm a grown ass woman. I need to have a real skin routine. And even just getting older, like, you know, hitting 30, um, and, and just sort of realizing, you know what, I need to actually be taking better care of my skin. So I had no idea where to start because there were so many different things on the market that it wasn't until I, I went and tried your products super randomly that I was like, Oh, this stuff is awesome. And I love supporting sort of more local stuff as well. So it was amazing. Although your products do actually ship, uh, internationally, I believe as well. Right. Um, actually just North America right now. North America. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of the different countries have really, uh, intense standards, especially the UK, uh, which is funny cause I took my course in the UK. So, uh, my skincare lines actually formulated to the UK standards, which are the highest standards of any place in the world. Um, but in order to be able to sell my products there, I have to register each product. It's really pricey and I just, I haven't really had enough interest from the UK. I think the, U the UK, because they have such high standards, they have a, a lot of amazing skincare lines over there. Uh, so I just haven't really ventured into whether or not that would be worth applying for. For sure. Uh, I can imagine there's a lot of red tape associated with that too. Yeah. So you have to get every single product like completely inspected and registered and it's, it's a really long process. So there's a few skincare lines that 
like are a lot bigger than mine. They've been on the market for a lot longer than mine. And even they kind of haven't ventured into that yet. So I just kind of watch them. Definitely. (laughs) Once they they venture into it, I'll see how their experience goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what, what is kind of oil cleansing at its core and, and why do you recommend? I mean, obviously it, it does uh, work better sometimes for people with oily skin, but it, it is so counterintuitive. We were always sort of taught. I mean, I remember even having those, those little pads back in, in middle school where you would use it to like uh, kind of dot your nose to, <laughs> to wipe up any excess oil. And it, so it is like, it, it feels totally counterintuitive to use oils. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of the benefits of, of using oils and kind of the best practices around them? Yeah. So oil cleansing is pretty unique. Um, I always, I'm very honest with people when I have someone purchase an oil cleanser, I always tell them that they're probably not going to like it at first because of that. If I had have been told back when I was in aesthetic school that you should wash your face with oil, I probably would have laughed at the person (laughs) just because it wasn't, it wasn't a thing back then. And that's when we were taught, if you have oily skin, you should avoid oils. But if you kind of learn about why oils are beneficial, it completely makes sense. So all skin types can benefit from oil cleansing. So oil cleansing is actually the ritual of washing your face with an oil. Um, so you, you wash your face, you, you know, massage it in circular motions, just like you would with any other cleanser, a foaming cleanser, or a milk cleanser, and then you uh, wipe it off with a cloth. So jojoba oil actually works as a soap. Um, And that's hard for people to kind of wrap their head around because we're used to thinking of a soap as a foaming agent, but obviously oil doesn't do that. Uh, But it actually really deeply cleanses the skin and oil has smaller molecules in it than almost any other ingredient. So not only is it cleaning the skin, but those molecules are actually able to dive a lot deeper down in between the skin cells than any other skincare ingredient. So after you've oil cleansed and you remove it off of your face, Uh, your skin's actually cleaner at a much deeper level. So how it works for oily skin is, like I said just a few minutes ago, we have always been taught that if you have oily skin, you have to remove the skin from, or sorry, remove the oils from the skin. But our skin produces oil because it needs that oil in order to function properly. So if you keep stripping the skin of its natural oils, it's going to start overproducing oils in order to compensate causing your skin to be more oily and increasing the number of breakouts that you have. Where on the reverse is that if you actually treat the skin with oil that closely mimics the skin's natural oils, um, it actually tricks the skin into thinking that your skin is producing enough oil. So it stops overproducing oil and it balances itself out. With dry skin, um, and this, this is kind of hard too because there's dry skin and there's dehydrated skin. And I think that that's kind of the biggest error that people make is deciphering the two. So dry skin is a lack of oils and dehydration is a lack of moisture. So I have a lot of people with oily skin that will say, oh, my skin's really dry and they're looking for dry skin products, um, but their skin's actually just dehydrated. If you treat oily skin with dry skin products, um, it's going to actually make the acne worse, not with holistic products, but with conventional products. Um, So dry skin is a lack of oils, whereas we age, our skin doesn't produce as much oil anymore. Um, And that's when fine lines and wrinkles start to set in. So if you actually treat the skin with oil, it helps to replenish the oils that your skin is no longer producing. 
um, and again also helps to balance out the skin. So another benefit too is that oils actually, because they're plant-based, have so many vitamins and nutrients and essential fatty acids and all of those rich ingredients that our skin really needs in order to function properly. So by oil cleansing and treating your skin with completely natural products, it's essentially like a multivitamin for your skin. Oh, there's so much in there that I want to dive into. <laughs> so dehydration for, for one is that's so common with so many people that I see as a holistic nutritionist too. I, I feel like most of the population is walking around right now dehydrated and we just aren't getting in enough water. And the skin is usually the first place to sort of tell that story. And I, I remember seeing something a couple of years ago where a, a woman, I think she was down in the States, did uh, sort of a photo experiment where she took her picture every day for 30 days and then compared the first one to the, the number, number day 30. And the only thing she changed was increasing the amount of water that she was drinking. And she looked like a different person. So it's crazy how much of an effect water has on our skin. And, and we just, so many of us just aren't consuming enough of it. And I think that that's sort of one of the first places that all of us kind of need to start. Yeah. And then um, I'm not too sure, like you would obviously know this better than me. I've read about it and I've heard about it, but uh, for people who consume high amounts of caffeine too, like doesn't that dehydrate you as well? I mean, it's a natural diuretic, right? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I do usually recommend that if people are, are drinking caffeine to make sure that you're drinking sort of an extra glass of water, just in case there've been kind of, there's, there's been some mixed research on that in, in the past couple of years, but usually I, I would rather that people err on, on the side of caution anyway, and they probably need that extra glass of water regardless. <laughs> so yeah. typically it's never a bad thing to recommend, you know, an extra glass here and there. <laughs> Yeah, with doing facial treatments, dehydration is the number one problem that I see. And if the skin is really dehydrated, uh, that is actually even worse for people who are suffering from hormonal acne or adult acne. Because, um, I mean, the, you want the skin cells moisturized and supple on the top. So if you're dehydrated, those, skins are la those skin cells are lacking moisture, and then they start to build up and block the pores. And the acne bacteria grows in the pores. So... Um, I mean, even people who are, you know, suffering from chronic acne, just even them uh, increasing their water intake substantially over the course of two weeks, they're going to notice a difference in their acne just from that alone. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I love that you take such a holistic standpoint to all this, not just in, in your products itself, but in people, in how people are actually treating themselves. What are some of the other things that, that you typically will kind of at least suggest people to start uh, taking a closer look at so that they can maybe examine what their lifestyle looks like and, and go at it from that route too. Because so many times these skin issues are, are rooted in really deep issues that we, we kind of need to get to the core of in order to solve the problem. Yeah, pretty much every single skin condition is caused internally. And that is one area where it makes my job difficult because again, the beauty industry has brainwashed everybody into thinking that if you have acne or if you have rosacea, there's this magic product out there that you're going to put it onto your skin and it's going to completely clear your skin up. And that is just not realistic. So teenage acne is a lot different. Um, I don't deal with that quite as much as I do with adult acne. So when I first came out of aesthetic school, adult acne was not common. I very rarely saw it. And this is only 15 years ago. 
Now, 54% of women over the age of 25 experience adult acne. It is now the skin condition that I see the most. Um, I personally, just from watching over the years, I think that a lot of it is caused from stress and the fact that processed foods are so much more readily available now. We're not getting the nutrients that we need anymore. Everyone's consuming massive amounts of sugar and it's just throwing off people's hormones. Um, it's funny because I've gotten to the point where I talk about internal health so much related to skincare on my social media that I sometimes will have people email me who are having problems with acne. It's like they know that I'm going to say, you know, you have to take care of it internally <laughs> <laughs> because they'll email me and they'll say, you know, I'm having some breakouts, but I'm eating really healthy. <laughs> yeah. I just want to preface this by saying, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they know I'm going to email them back and say, you know, sounds like you have a food intolerance or hormonal imbalance. Um, but yeah, that's a, a misconception within the skincare industry. And I think where a lot of estheticians kind of struggle with, with their clients, because they come to us wanting a facial and they expect that they're going to leave the, you know, our treatment and that their skin's going to be completely clear. But you have to think about it that if you are having hormonal breakouts because your hormones are off balance, you can use all the topical products that you want externally, but that's not going to balance your hormones. So the products might help clear the skin up a little bit or improve the appearance of the skin. But until you take care of those internal imbalances, the acne is going to keep coming back. So a lot of the time it's hormonal imbalances. I see food intolerances so often too. Um, I actually experienced myself just a couple of years ago. I have recently developed an intolerance to yeast, which I had no idea because I was able to eat yeast when I was younger without any issues whatsoever. Um, and then all of a sudden I just developed a food intolerance to yeast and I was consuming yeast and the inflammation was just building up a little bit at a time. So with like food allergies, as you would know, with food allergies, if you consume something that you're allergic to, you're going to immediately notice. But if you're just intolerant to something, every time you consume it, it just builds up a little bit of inflammation each time. So you're not noticing that you're intolerant to it. And then as you keep consuming it, that inflammation inside your body continues to grow and eventually it will start to surface on the skin. Um, and a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I eat really healthy, but that doesn't always matter either because through food testing, when I found out that I was allergic to yeast, I also found out that I'm, uh, intolerant to blueberries, strawberries, and pineapple, which is so unfortunate because I used to eat so much of that <laughs> and I enjoy them so much, but it just shows like every single body is completely unique. So while blueberries, strawberries, and pineapple are considered healthy foods, they're healthy for the majority of people, but they're not healthy for my unique body. So when I ingest them, I get inflammation in my body. And you wouldn't think that by consuming pineapple, you're going to get acne breakouts. Uh, but that's why I always tell people when they say, oh, you know, it's nothing internal because I'm, I'm eating really healthy. But you might think that you're eating healthy, but those healthy foods that you're eating might not be healthy for your unique body. I think I've said those exact words so many times. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem is that healthy eating is all relative. And there are so many people that, that come to me and preemptively say, but I'm eating really healthy. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I'm not here to judge you. And secondly, you wouldn't be coming to me if you necessarily believed that fully either. 
Like you, I think a lot of us kind of recognize that we could maybe be doing things differently, but sometimes we just don't know where to start too. And it's especially tricky with things like food intolerances because it's so hard to narrow down what could be causing the problem. And it's just like you said as well, that it can take so long to show up. It can take days to show up afterwards. Well, by then you have, you have no idea what it could be traced back to. So it's, it's really tricky to, to figure out and kind of narrow in on that so that we can actually address the root cause and take the time to figure it out. Because that, that's ultimately the issue of, I feel like the, the beauty industry, the, the health and wellness industry in general, all of that is that we all want just that, that magic solution. We want it to just be cleared up just like that. And, and I think that so many people forget that it didn't, it didn't take you a day or, you know, a single facial treatment, the, the time of a, of a single facial treatment to get here. These types of issues have been building up for years. So they're going to take some time to, to change and, and to undo as well. Yeah. And I mean, skincare is just like, um, same with nutrition. Like it's like weight loss or, you know, people who start exercising and want to gain muscle. It's not an overnight thing. So it's just like working out, like you have to stay consistent, you have to get onto a routine, you have to be doing what's right for your unique body. So if you and I, for example, could do the same workout day in and day out, and we're probably going to receive different results from that workout because you and I are different. Um, Yeah, I mean, your skincare routine, you kind of have to think of it as an exercise routine, like you have to stay consistent, and you have to stay persistent and order to get results and sometimes it can take months and so I know it's I always feel so bad for some clients because it's like you know they see they start to see the results but when you're reducing inflammation in the body it can take quite a while yeah and it's not a linear uh, journey either because you can you can start to improve things and then you might have a setback for whatever reason and then that can be really discouraging especially when it's something like like adult acne or, you know, really, really serious skin conditions. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge place where, where our confidence comes from. If we don't feel confident about our face that we're showing to the world, that can be really, really tough on, on self-worth. And it's that, that's why I I love people like you who are really taking the time and, and putting in the effort to not only come up with these incredible sort of natural holistic based products, but you're also saying, okay, but this isn't necessarily the magic pill. Like, like it doesn't stop here. <laughs> if we have to kind of dig a little bit deeper in order to figure out the real reason for the problem so that we can, you know, get you to, to where you want to be. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've had the success with my skincare line that I have. Um, because I'm not, I won't sell someone a product promising that it's going to work. Um, you know, it doesn't always work like that. So I will be open and honest with people. Like they'll get onto a skincare routine using my products and I will say to them, you know, this, that, you know, I'm not promising you that your acne is going to clear up. It takes the internal work too. And then they kind of use the products for a little bit and they're still getting breakouts and they'll contact me and say, okay, you know, I'm still getting some breakouts. What should I purchase next? And it's like, you shouldn't purchase anything next. <laughs> you need to do the internal work. And uh, I mean, my skincare system for acne is pretty effective. So I mean, if you're using it for a month or two and you're still getting breakouts, you know for sure that those breakouts are coming from within. Um, so at that point, it's really important to start going within and trying to figure out what it is that causes it. And it's really difficult 
And it's frustrating for people because there are so many factors that can cause acne. Um, and rosacea too, like rosacea, there's no cure for rosacea. Um, it's an extremely sensitive skin condition and it's mostly caused by different foods. So people have to be really consistent with their diet and really avoid those foods that aren't working for them. Um, but acne, like even just stress alone can cause it. Um, I've, I was experiencing some chronic stress there for a little bit myself um, and I was getting some breakouts. And as soon as I cut that stress out, my skin cleared up immediately. Um, and I, I'm pretty good with my diet and I'm very consistent with my skincare routine. So I think too, once you go into the more holistic side of things and you start really paying attention to your diet and you really start you know, focusing on, on self-care and exercise and mindfulness and like it takes the whole holistic approach. It's not just skincare and it's not just exercise and it's not just eating. It's everything combined, um, stress reduction and everything. So, you know, it takes, it takes everything. Um, but once you start kind of really taking your care of yourself as a whole, I feel like your body starts to kind of speak to you. Like you're more aware of it. If you're not eating healthy and you're stressed out all the time and you're not relaxing, like you just, you kind of feel unhealthy, but when you start to get yourself aligned and you start to feel healthy, you start to notice little signals that you may not notice otherwise. Um, it's almost like your body kind of telling you what's wrong. So it starts to make a little bit more sense after a while. Girl, we are just like two peas. I, I say that to people <laughs> all the time that it, when you're feeling like, when you're feeling like garbage, of course, you don't know what your body is, is saying to you because you've stuffed all of that down so far that, that you don't even know how you want to feel like anymore or how, or how good you could feel because all of that is just buried under this sort of unhealthy lifestyle. Even just, even if you're eating really well, it could just be buried under layers of stress. And that is sort of manifesting in a way that can show up in things like, like acne. It's so fascinating that you said that you see so many more adult women now with acne than when you started 15 years ago, because I, I think that stress is so underrated as being a root cause of, of a lot of things. And, and we, we sort of know this intuitively. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, I like stress. But I think that so many of us don't really take a closer look and examine what some of the real stressors are in our lives. Like we associate stress with big life changing type events, like, uh, you know, if somebody passes away or, um, like a, a divorce or a relationship breaking up, something like that. We associate it with the big things, but there is constant everyday stress for so many of us. And, and what I love too, is that you also talk a lot about self care. And I, I read, uh, one post that you put up about how you're talking about making your skincare routine part of your self-care. And that's so interesting because I, I, I wear contact lenses every day and every night for years, I would often get to bed late because I would just keep putting off getting to bed because I knew that then I had to take my lenses out and it was this big chore and like doing all these things. And it's so interesting because since I switched to your products, I look forward to to going to bed every night because I'm like, oh, like I get to put on these amazing products. My skin is going to feel fantastic. And it's so interesting what making a little switch like that can really do for you. And, and then you're getting more sleep too, which is obviously going to reduce stress ultimately as well. Like it's just such a, it, it's also interconnected. 
Yeah, actually, that makes me happy to hear you say that because that was one of my goals when I created the skincare line was to focus on the scents. So there's essential oils in my products, and most of those have therapeutic purposes, but by putting those kind of therapeutic purposes of the essential oils together, it also helped me focus on the scent as well. Um, from being an esthetician for so long, there's so many women over the years when I worked conventionally where it's like, you know, what do you do for your skincare routine? And a lot of the time they're skipping their skincare routine at nighttime because it's seen as a chore. Like they're not really enjoying it and they're tired and they just want to get to bed. So they end up going to bed with makeup on, which clogs the pores. And when you sleep with makeup on, it's uh, like it increases free radicals in the skin and, and it promotes premature aging, which none of us want. Um, so I wanted to create a skincare line that was unique and that was enjoyable to use and that the scents were really nice so that people would want to wash their face at night, like to actually look forward to washing your face. And if you, you know, take your time to wash your face, it can be a nice self-care ritual. You know, you breathe deeply and you enjoy the scents and you just take a few moments out of your day to focus on you. And by increasing your own self-care, like it really does, you hear this all the time and you always see those memes on social media. I see them on Instagram a lot where it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup. And it's so true. And a lot of people just kind of think like, oh yeah, you know, I understand it. But when you actually start implementing a self-care routine on a daily basis and you really start paying attention to yourself and taking care of yourself, it increases your confidence and it increases your energy. And when you start feeling about yourself, you are able to kind of give yourself more freely to those around you. And until you actually practice that, you don't really realize how much it really does make a difference. And I always tell people, you know, practicing self-care and relaxation techniques and all of that is so important for skin conditions and everyone's always like oh I don't have time for that and it's like how do you not have time to take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself you end up regretting it at some point because you either you run into some sort of health issue or, or you know chronic stress and you know then you're not giving your best to those around you so it's important to think about that. Well, and, and not only that too, but it's also about uh, giving back to yourself too. So, you know, showing up in the best way possible for everyone else in your life and for, you know, if you have uh, particular goals, like, I don't know, career or something like that, then you need to be able to have it in you to give back to yourself as well. And it, it's just kind of showing gratitude for the little things like that, that that we overlook. And I feel like those can be their own form of self-care. Self-care doesn't have to be like, I'm always talking about, it doesn't have to be like bubble baths and massages. It can be <laughs> other things like these little tiny things in, in our, our life that we can just build into everyday practices. And if we take the time to appreciate them, we will get the benefits back tenfold. Yeah. And I think that you're right. A lot of people do associate self-care with like massages or, you know, expensive treatments, but it can be something as simple as just sitting down for 20 minutes and reading a book while you relax or, you know, just not constantly being on the go all the time. You just have to take a little bit of time to yourself to breathe deeply and recharge. Exactly. And I mean, we've touched on, on anti-aging a few times as well. What are some of the things that, that we can do to really prevent uh, and reduce fine lines and wrinkles? I know you mentioned dehydration is, is obviously a big one as well. And do you have any other specific 
either products or practices and, and stuff like that, that, uh, that would be the best? Yeah. Besides acne, it's probably one of the most common questions that I get is, you know, how do I get rid of my wrinkles? You can't get rid of your wrinkles. <laughs> um, you know, anti-aging is just the same as anything else. It's no, it's not one thing that you can do that's going to help you age gracefully. It's everything all together combined. So it's, you know, healthy eating and exercise and lots of sleep. Um, that's one thing I notice with myself when I'm tired. If there's been a week where I'm really busy and I'm not sleeping as well or I'm just off my routine, you know, the bags under my eyes are bigger. I have dark circles under my eyes and I just don't, like my skin's not as bright. Um, that alone, sleep is probably like the most important for aging gracefully. Um, and then obviously healthy eating, hydration, uh, I mean, external skincare helps, but again, you can't just be using a skincare routine and age gracefully. That is just like the icing on the cake. There's so much more to aging, just like I was saying with skin conditions, like it's, it's everything combined. Exercise is so important. Sleep is so important. Healthy nutrition is so important. Uh, consuming lots of fats, healthy fats like avocados and oils and nuts. Um, all of that kind of helps the skin to be a little bit more supple. Uh, exfoliation is huge and so many people kind of skip that skincare routine but with exfoliation you're removing the dead skin cells from the surface of the skin so uh, our skin cells have a 28-day life cycle so they start off at the bottom layer and over the course of the 28 days they move their way up to the surface of the skin um, and then they die and then they naturally slough off of the skin so as we get older, uh, sometimes the skin cells can, they almost become like a little bit more sticky. So they start to build up on top of each other and they don't always slough off on that 28th day when they're supposed to. So the skin cells start to build up and you just get this kind of like thick, dull, devitalized look to the skin. And by exfoliating, um, there's different types of exfoliation. Uh, you actually remove the dead skin cells from the surface of the skin just to get rid of that kind of dull layer and it really helps to brighten up the skin. So exfoliation is really important and then moisturizing is huge. Um, I'm always blown away by the amount of people who don't moisturize the skin. Like regardless of your skin type, moisturizing is really important. And for sure, and, and I... I just love your exfoliant. It's amazing. I posted on my, on my Instagram account a couple times now with me wearing the mask. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. And I mean, in terms of moisturizers, what do you usually recommend to people? And do you recommend things like um, sunscreens as well? Yeah. So sunscreen is really important. Um, I can't even stress that enough. So the sun is like the number one cause of premature aging. 80% of our sun damage is actually caused by the time we turn 18 only that sun damage doesn't actually surface until later in life, usually when we're in like our 50s, 60s and beyond, uh, is when like the hyperpigmentation really starts to surface from those years of sun damage. So sunscreen is so important, but it's also really important to get out in the sun and you have to be aware of what time you go out at in the day, but 20 minutes a day, three times a week, you should go outside and actually get some sun exposure without any sunscreen on to get the actual real vitamin D. Because if you're using a sunblock um, to protect your skin every single time you leave the house, your skin doesn't actually end up absorbing the vitamin D because the, the sunscreen's blocking it. Um, 
so yeah, it's important to do that either before 10 a.m. or after 4 p.m. Um, if you're outside between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., you absolutely want sunscreen on because that is when the sun is the strongest and the most dangerous. Um, and you also have to be aware of what sunscreen ingredients you are using because there's only two sunscreen ingredients that are actually safe, which is zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Uh, those two are completely safe. Uh, your skin doesn't actually absorb them, so they sit on the surface of the skin and, and the, sun ray, the sun's rays actually reflect off of them. All of the other sunscreen ingredients, um, which I can't even name any of them because I can't pronounce any of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's but part of the problem, can, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of them are actually proven carcinogens now. And it's so scary because you like you're coating your body and your kids' bodies in sunscreen and you think that you're doing yourself well, but those ingredients are actually absorbing into your skin. And while you're doing a good job trying to prevent skin cancer, you are actually potentially causing another type of cancer within the body because those chemicals are carcinogens and they're absorbing in through your skin um, and going into your bloodstream. And it's yeah. so scary. And I mean, when I first switched over to holistic skincare and I was learning about all these carcinogenic ingredients and hormone disruptors and neurotoxins and everything, I was, I, I was wanting to educate people on it, but then I was also so scared to sometimes post about it because I didn't want to think anyone that I was doing some type of like fear tactic in order to sell my natural products. Um, but it's really scary because you think that the government would protect us. And I mean, they, they do to an extent, but the beauty industry is not regulated very well um, in North America. Like there's like over 10,000 ingredients that go into the beauty industry. And I think the States has banned like 11 of those and Canada's at like 800. So we're quite a bit better. The UK has banned 4,500 of those ingredients. Um, so that's why their standards are so much better. But you know, you purchase a product off of the shelf and you assume that it's safe for you and it's not. Like even a lot of the foods that we eat, so many processed foods have carcinogens in them and you wouldn't think that they would be allowed to sell carcinogens. And like so many people are just not aware of how dangerous so much stuff is out there. And it's sometimes it's kind of good because if you're not aware of that like it's a little less stressful <laughs> because once you know about all of the dangers that go into like skincare products and beauty industry and um everything that we put on and into our body like you kind of become a little obsessive with it because it's yeah just wanting to protect yourself and your kids and everyone around you yeah, absolutely. Sunscreen is, is such an issue. I, I switched to um, more natural sunscreens a, a couple years ago, and I've been playing around with a few different ones to see what I like better. And, and everyone will always have their preference. But I do think that that's so important because it's something that, you know, if you're out in, in a bathing suit, you're putting it over your entire body virtually. And again, your skin is going to absorb those ingredients. So it's something to be really, really conscious of. And, and it, it's, it blows my mind. I, I've, I've heard that so many times that um, the EU has so, so many ingredients that are banned compared to us here in North America. And, and Canada is definitely in a better position than, than the States is, but it's still frightening. The other consideration that, I mean, this is veering slightly in a different direction, but the other consideration that a lot of people don't give is that most of those conventional sunscreens are also not reef safe. 
So they're really, really bad for the environment too. So not only are we polluting our own bodies with it, but then we're going into areas of water that are potentially quite sensitive and we're polluting that at the same time. So it's just a double, it's a double issue that really needs to be made more aware of. And, and I think there just isn't a huge amount of education around it. People just assume sunscreen is sunscreen and they run to the store and drugstore and pick it up and you're good to go. And yeah. it is becoming more prevalent and, and people are starting to have a little bit more awareness, but I don't think that, uh, that it can be said often enough. It's definitely something that, that people need to look into switching over to and, and really doing your own research. I know that it takes time, but figuring out what's going to work for you and, and what ingredients are, are in the products that you're purchasing is really the best way to go. Yeah, you definitely want to avoid the um, spray sunscreens. Yes. Like those yes. are really dangerous too. And now anytime I ever see anyone using them, I'm like, oh, I can't watch. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Because then you're looking at getting it, you know, breathing it in basically too. I think, I think Beauty Counter recently came out with a spray one. I haven't tried it, uh, so I can't speak to it, but I've heard good things about it. But that would be probably the only one that, and I, I still never use spray ones because I have really fair skin and, and spray just never seems... To work for me anyway. <laughs> I always seem to like miss big spots and <laughs> just doesn't work very well. So I definitely usually go for the, the lotion version. <laughs> yeah, it's better to use the lotion version anyways, because titanium dioxide and zinc oxide are both in a powder form. They take a bit of adjusting getting used to because with them being a white powder, they tend to go on a little chalky. Mm -hmm. So if you use too much, you're like, you look white. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and it's, you know, it gets all into your eyebrows and everything. And I, <laughs> there's, um, there's a sunscreen in particular that I really like for my face. Um, it's by Cocoon Apothecary, which is a, a skincare line based out of Kitchener, Ontario. Um, she created a face one, um, and it has both a zinc oxide and titanium dioxide in it. So if you use the right amount, it's perfect. But if you use too much, like it does make your face white, but it's so effective. And it is 100% completely natural. So you know that it's safe for your skin. It doesn't clog the pores. Um, for the body, I like to use uh, Green Beaver. Um, it's my favorite brand. I use that on myself. I use it on my kids. Um, a little too rich for the face, um, just because it is, like, it's pretty greasy, but uh, really effective. But, like, yeah, if, same thing with that one. If you use too much of it, you just kind of end up being a little chalky. Uh, but it's just nice to keep in mind too that with knowing that like a little goes a long way you don't need you don't need very much absolutely and and it does take some adjusting but I have to say like once you get used to it it's it's honestly not a big deal and I just feel so much better about it when I'm when I know that I'm wearing that and you might look a tiny bit paler but there are some really great ones out there a lot of those natural sunscreens have come so far and I've tried a few different ones and, and everyone will have a preference but once you adjust to it and if you're, if you're rubbing it in properly, not only is it going to be more effective, but then you won't get as much as that sort of white look. I, nobody wants to be lying on the beach looking any more white than a lot of us Canadians <laughs> already are, but it, it definitely doesn't have to be that way. And, uh, and I think the trade-off is, is totally worth it. Usually it fades within a few minutes too. It's, it's, not, it's not like, I think that we all have the image in our heads of, I've seen in movies and stuff where people put like that ridiculous white sunscreen on where you, literally your face is pure white. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely not like that. Those have all come a long way. So nobody needs to worry too much. <laughs> yeah. Some of my clients, when I've recommended the natural sunscreens, they'll purchase it and then start using it. And then they email me and they're like, 
<laughs> I don't really like this. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> and I'm like, just stick with it and keep using it. Like, yeah, it is worth keep it. Keep in mind that it's safe and, uh, you know, it's not going to cause cancer and it's actually going to prevent cancer and, and it's healthy for you. And, uh, yeah, the first couple times, it's just a matter of trying to figure out getting the right amount. And then once you get the right amount and you, you know, have adjusted to it, it's perfectly fine. And then now, like now when I, if I was to use a regular sunscreen, I don't think that I would like that now. <laughs> no, exactly. It's funny. Even when I smell some of the ones that are, um, kind of like the, the really old school ones that are just overwhelming coconut smell. And I yeah. love coconut. coconut. But <laughs> yeah. It, it's like that. It's, it's like that scent from childhood almost. And it kind of hits you in the face and I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> it's uh, it's like the tanning bed lotions. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> which with me saying that you should never, ever, ever go in a tanning bed. But when I was a teenager, I grew up in the era where, um, tanning beds were thought to be safer than the sun, which is not true. Um, yeah. And I used to tan like crazy in tanning beds when I was in high school. Oh my gosh. Just like to think back to the fact that I used to do that just horrifies me. <laughs> and uh, I don't, yeah, my sun damage has not started surfacing yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we've all made that mistake. I, I don't know many people that have never, ever used a tanning bed. I used it a handful of times as well, just because again, like there's this misconception we're, we're especially because I'm so fair and I'm, I'm freckled. And then I'd be going on vacation in the middle of winter to a tropical place. And I did yeah, get your base tan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a good excuse. And I haven't done that in a really long time. I think it's been like a decade since I went to a tanning salon. Yeah. And like the UV that comes from those lights because they're so close to you is actually like, it's a lot stronger than the sun. Yes. Right. There's quite a few places in the world that have actually banned tanning beds. Yeah especially for teenagers because they're of that, that sort of formative age where their skin is, is more likely to, you know, end up showing damage like that much later on in, in life too. Uh, yeah. yeah. So definitely <laughs> like they say 80% of your sun damage is caused before you were 18. I, I definitely was that. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us are, we, we, aren't, we aren't always the brightest about skincare when we're under 18 for sure. <laughs> Well, where can people find you, Rachel? Because, um, I mean, especially if you're local to Hamilton, Ontario, I believe you have reopened a lot of your, your spa services. You were kind of focusing more on the skincare line for a while, and, and now you've kind of stepped back into the, the, your spa services so that you're offering a bit of both. Yeah, my skincare line, I launched it in August of 2015. And when I launched my skincare line, like I said earlier, the entire purpose of launching it was because I was trying to find a natural skincare line to carry within my spa business. I was having trouble finding one, so I created one to fit those needs. Um, I, I have quite a few um, spa partners, although I am uh, kind of readjusting my business, um, restructuring my business, I should say, um, because I, I never launched my skincare line with the intention of having spa partners. And when I first launched the skincare line, there's a few estheticians that I know um, who you know, approached me and said, would you ever consider letting anyone carry your skincare line? And I had never, I, I don't know, I guess we, like, we don't always have tons of confidence in ourselves with certain things. So I just kind of thought like, oh, I'd never really thought that anybody would want to carry my skincare line. Um, 
But uh, I had a few estheticians approach me and I was so honored. And at first I was like, oh, I'm not too sure about that idea. And then they, they approached me again. So I tried it for a bit and uh, it ended up snowballing effect. Uh, I ended up getting 26 wholesale accounts. Um, and I was just so overwhelmed at the time with like trying to fill all those orders. And I was trying to do services. Plus, like I have a family, I have two young kids. Um, and just trying to balance everything is where I said earlier in the podcast that my like I was just got over kind of suffering from chronic stress and this was my chronic stress I was just taking on way too much um and I'm a people pleaser so I was always saying yes to everybody and uh it just got to the point where I was so overwhelmed with trying to fill orders all the time that the days that I would have clients I was thinking like I don't have time to be seeing anybody today I have so much work to do and at that point I almost kind of wish I had a taken a step back a little bit and said like, okay, what is really stressing me out? Like, is it my day full of clients? Because that's what I love doing is treating people. Or is it that I've kind of taken on a little bit too much for myself? Um, so yeah, I slowly started cutting out doing spa services. Um, and then I just got to the point where my skincare line was 100% my complete focus. Um, but then I was in my studio five days a week like not interacting with humans, <laughs> which started taking its toll on me. Like I'm, I'm a natural energy healer by nature. I love treating people. Like I love, uh, I, my favorite thing in the world to do is a facial massage. Um, and just, I've really missed doing that. Um, so I've been spending the last couple of months kind of restructuring my, my skincare line and restructuring my business as a whole. Um, just kind of scaling back a little bit just so that I can, start treating people again. So I reopened my spa last month uh, and I've been doing services and I'm already pretty booked. Um, so for now, just because I don't want to overwhelm myself again, I'm just doing services two days a week, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. And then in September when my kids go back to school, um, I hope to have kind of scaled my skincare line back to where I want it. And then I'm really going to, um, at that point, kind of focus on increasing my service days, but I'm not planning anything too far in advance. I'm just playing it by ear um, and see how that goes. So right now I'm like really happy. My stress is, is decreased and like I'm in a really good place right now. Um, so my skincare line can be purchased throughout North America on my website, um, which is www.ourdivineskincare.com. I don't really think anyone says www anymore. I can't believe I <laughs> I'm still in the habit of that. Of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's ourdivineskincare.com. Um, and then with, so it's the letter R and then divine, D-E-V-I-N-E, -E, uh, which, you know, my first initial and my last name. Sometimes people, if, they're, if they don't see it written down, they actually think that it's like our, O-U-R, divine skincare. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, skincare line is named after me. So ourdivineskincare.com. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at ourdivineskincare. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm always loving what, uh, what you're posting too. And I always wrap this up. Uh, anyone that I, I interview, if you could offer people, since this is the Room to Grow podcast, if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Self-care. Taking time out of your day every single day, whether it be five minutes or half an hour, just to do something for you. Um, you know, we live in this society right now where busyness is like considered cool <laughs> and it's not 
Um, you know, being constantly busy doesn't do anything good for our bodies. It doesn't do anything good for our mind. Um, it's really important to kind of take some time out and relax and do things that we enjoy. Um, you know, going out for a coffee with friends or just doing something that you enjoy, finding a hobby, uh, just decreasing your stress. Like that's the most important thing that you can do for graceful aging and just for like your own sanity as well. Oh, I, that's a great answer. And honestly, I hope that everyone has, has learned as much from this podcast and from you in general as, as I have, because you've just you dropped so many knowledge bombs in this. I'm just so scared. <laughs> and, and I just love your, your holistic approach to it, that you don't just look at the, the skincare, that you look at uh, the full lifestyle as well, which is, uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative because that's definitely what, what I'm about as well. And uh, I just love that. So much great information, Rachel. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. Can you do me one favor though? Can you take a screenshot of this and tag me on social media? I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would make a huge difference. It's really important to have those, those reviews so that we can get the word out there about the podcast, get more amazing guests on and get as much information out there as we possibly can together. Looking forward to growing with you.